Have you ever had somebody say to you, did you see that? And you didn't? Right? I mean, inevitably, I get asked those questions, and, and, and typically it'll be, here you go. Uh, I have a recliner couch that I sit in. And so I sit down, and I got the little buttons on the side to go, and we'll be watching television, and Angie will say something along the lines of, did you see that? Did you hear that? Guess what? No. My eyes were closed. I didn't see it or hear it. Have no awareness whatsoever, right, of what you're uh, noting as being worth seeing, right? And so um, sometimes we can miss stuff. And then there are some folks in our culture, our society, indeed the world, that are missing the most important things that are missing the things that God is revealing to us. I've been sharing with you since the beginning of May on identity, what it means uh, to, to, to know who we are. And, and I started with the idea that to know who I am, uh, I first got to know God. I have to have some kind of understanding of who is God? What is it that he has revealed to me? Who has he revealed himself to be? How can I discern and understand who I am uh, apart from my creator, the one who, who created me and loved me and made me significant in his own eyes? Who is God, you see? And, and that first message in, in, in May, I preached the fact that no, I'm God's kid. And that, that really goes beyond just the idea that that God adopted me and redeemed me and saved me and has, has given me this salvation and regeneration in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It goes beyond that because it's as God's kid, you ready, that, that defines who I am. It gives purpose. It gives direction. It, 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 it guides my thoughts and my attitudes and my actions, or it should. You see? There are a lot of people who claim Christianity. There are a lot of people in the world around us who claim to know Jesus, to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus, to be disciples and those kind of things. But, but their lives give no testimony whatsoever of following Jesus. Now, I'm not here to judge. That's not my job. We used to joke in ethics class in seminary that uh, there's no vacancy in the Trinity. God didn't give me a, po a part there, all right? So, so I'm not judging, but, but what I want, to, want you to understand is, is Jesus does make the statement about fruit trees and good trees bearing good fruit, bad trees bearing bad fruit, right? So I'm not judging you, but what I want to share with you is some thoughts that, that I had on uh, identity. I'm God's kid. That's the first point. That was May 2nd. May 9th was Mother's Day. That's where we talked about who is, the first day we talked about who is God. Next, we talked about who am I as God's kid. Last week, I talked about victory because we were outside and yay, it was victory. Uh, but this week, I want to talk about what it means as God's child, as a part of the family of God, as a part of a, a, a redeemed individual in God's family. It makes me a part of the body of Christ part of the body of Christ. 
I may be, you know, Paul gives a great breakdown of it in, in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 12 that some are ears and eyes and nose and mouth and blah, you know, that kind of thing. And we, we don't want to get real specific about that because we keep some parts covered up. Paul even says that. <laughs> but here you go. Here's the point. You're part of the body of Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, if you uh, are, are redeemed, you've received that gift of salvation that God has offered. You're a part of the body of Christ. What does that mean? Okay? Does that mean we, we, yes, we come and sit on Sunday mornings? Or does being a part of the body of Christ dictate, guide, govern your attitudes, choices, and actions outside this room? What does it mean to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to get to the, did you see that? Now, this is actually, I, I typed that wrong. Sorry, Amanda. This is actually Acts 26. I gave you the right text. I just put the wrong reference. I don't know. Click on it. Let's see. If it starts up with, I asked... Yes, there you go. That is Acts 26, verses 15 to 18. And this is what it says. This is Paul sharing his testimony. This is Paul who prior had been known as Saul. And quite honestly, it, it, it's the difference between a Roman name and a Hebrew name. Uh, he was Saul Paul all his life, just so you know. But after his conversion, he became more known as his identity in the body of Christ as Paul in the New Testament as Paul. So here you go. Paul is saying that as I was traveling to Damascus to go and arrest and persecute and kill Christians, I got stopped along the way. I was blinded. See? Uh, and, and a voice spoke to me and I asked, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Wow. What a confrontation. Right? What a meeting. What, what an encounter that, that, that Paul had with Jesus. Who are you? I'm Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm sure Saul's thinking about, wait a minute. Um, you died. Now, I know all those crazy people I'm killing say you came back to life, but... Jesus goes, no, I'm the one you've been persecuting. You think you're punishing Christians. You think you're torturing believers. You're persecuting me, my family, my body. What an encounter with Jesus. Would that not change your whole approach? Not just to who you are, but your whole identity. Paul, Paul was changed in that moment. You see that? He goes on to say, he says, but get up and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. All right, so the first point of the message, eyes open. Did you see that? Did you see that? You see, when, 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 when my mom shared Jesus with me at eight years old, she was not just simply flipping through verses of Scripture to prove a point or to debate an argument or, or to, to build this. It was that, but it wasn't simply that. My mom was sharing with me a person that she knew. 
Somebody she had met in her life. She was sharing with me Jesus and the verses of Scripture, primarily out of Romans, that, that, that sort of paved the path for understanding the good news that Scott was just singing about. The gospel. And, and my mom's uh, sharing this with me was about, can you see that? Do you see what it is that, that God's done? Do you see how much God loves you? Do you see that Jesus died? And I remember as an eight-year-old this phrase being used with me. She said, she said, if you had been the only person alive on the earth, Jesus would have died for you. I see back at Easter time, I shared with you all that thing. I said, think about the people who would die for you. Man, I can, I, I can carve that list down pretty quickly. Right? I mean, I, I went and saw my mom and dad this week. I think that's about the list. Right? Angie, maybe. Eli, maybe. Uh, yeah. But still, that's a little iffy. <laughs> but think about it. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. That's an incredible encounter with someone who cares more about us many times than we care about ourselves. He loved us that much. Did you see that? That's what my mom was asking me. Did you see that? Open your eyes and see that God loves you this much. See, that's the did you see that, right? Because then he goes on to say this. He's, well, let me finish. He says, to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. Jesus was going to show Paul a lot more. Matter of fact, there's a reference in one of the epistles that talks about the fact that <clears throat> Paul went into the wilderness for about three years or so where he just met with Jesus. What kind of seminary education is that? You know what? I had some great professors in seminary, but mm, I cannot go ahead. They would admit they're not Jesus. Now, Jesus taught Paul. Jesus taught Paul what to reveal and share not simply with the Roman world, but with you and me. To, to present to us throughout Scripture. He goes on to say this. He says, I will rescue you from your people and <clears throat> from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them, listen to this, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. See? Did you see that? See? We go out and, and we share with others. See what God did. See how God loves you. See Jesus on the cross. See this light. See, that's what he says. He says, from darkness to light, I'm sending you to them. To open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light. See the light. See, that's been a perfect song this morning. I saw the light. He did that. You know, I don't know if y'all know, but when Scott plays over at the restaurant, the barbecue place, sometimes revival breaks out. Because he's over there the other night and, and played what? I saw the light. And some lady came up and said, gave it. All right, so tipped him five bucks <clears throat> to play I'll Fly Away. And before you knew it, the whole restaurant was clapping and singing along. Right? So, so this week, that song came up again this week. Uh, uh, Eli goes to a Christian school up in Jacksonville. And they said, uh, 
<laughs> they said, well, what song? And he was in music appreciation class. <clears throat> which, never mind. I had to take one once upon a time. They asked him what song that he would like to, for his time in music appreciation class to focus on. He said, he said well, it, it's kind of a country song. He said, and it's about going to heaven. And, and we sing it at camp meeting. And it's something about, and he couldn't think of the name of it, right? <laughs> and so he finally came out with, I'll fly away. Well, there's some schools of hymnology that really like to focus on more high church hymns. And I'll Fly Away doesn't appear in that book. <laughs> and so in this music appreciation class, <laughs> uh, his teacher went, really? <laughs> like that. And so Eli made him sing I'll Fly Away up there <laughs> the, in music appreciation class. But, but my point is, is that, is that hey, we want to see the light. The light. Why is it, and, I, and I'm coming, the end of this message is, is very direct toward me and toward you. Because there's a point in the encounter where I need to ask you, do you see that? Do you understand what God's done? So, so, so the communication between Jesus and Paul is this. I am sending you to them to open their eyes. So, so can I just go ahead and tell you? That, that is a commissioning, not simply for Paul. Because there's a difference being portrayed here. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. Folks, we live in a culture, and the reason I started doing identity is because we live in a culture that I believe is in identity crisis, whether you want to call it culture, society, world, I don't care. I really don't care. This can be applied across the board. You ready? <clears throat> There's an identity crisis out there. People are arguing and fighting and, and coming against each other because of adopted identities. Well, I identify with that, so I'm on this team. Or I identify with that, so I'm on that team. When in Christ, we're on Jesus' team and not on any of those teams. We're not a part of those things. We rise above those things to portray the difference between darkness and light. Listen to John 3, verses 19 to 21. It says, this is the judgment. Now, oh man, is that not a... a, a a, a well-used term these days. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Oh my. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. This is what we talked about the other day, Jim. Light came into the world, and people ran from it. There is light in the world today, and people are running from it. They don't want to come into the light. They want to hide in the darkness, in the shadows. They don't want to reveal what it means to be a part of the light. Listen to this. I found a website, and, and I've shared with you that, that 
you know, Jesus' prayer in John 17 is that we know God. This is eternal life that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I love that verse. I want to know God better. I want to get a better glimpse of God every day. I want to get a better glimpse of God all day long. I, I, I want to, 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 this awareness that God has grown in me from the time I was eight years old to the day when I'm 58 years old. And I look at it and God, I just want to know you better. I just want to see more of you because the more I see of you, God, the more it changes who I am. The, the more it, it guides and governs my life, the more it gives me direction and meaning and purpose and, and hope. The more I see God, the more hope I have. The more I see the news, the less hope I have. The more I see the world around me, the less hope I have. But the more I focus on God, the more hope I have. This website's uh, called um, A Glimpse of Infinity. And it's a Christian guy. He's a photographer. And the reason I came to his website is because he gives a, a definition of light. So we know where it starts in, in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 3 about. He says, uh, uh, and God said, let there be light. He didn't say, let there be the sun. He didn't, let it, he, he didn't say, let there be stars. He said, let there be light. God created light before there were bodies in the heavens. So what is light? And, and, and uh, you Google a definition of light. It says a natural. And I go, really? Is light natural? Or, or is light created? Is light something that God purposed in his creation for a reason? Now, so here you go. Uh, and this is from a glimpse of infinity website he says as we read in the third verse of the bible we see that one of the first things that god ever created was and he and quote this visible light because the word in hebrew there is i can't pronounce a word a word something like that a word anyway but it means light visible light and here you go electromagnetic radiation of a frequency perceptible to the eye you want to write that down? No, nobody does, right? But visible light, right? So, so that means, y'all, there's an invisible light. There's a light that you can't see. I see that one. Man, a few years ago, we, we switched over from regular bulbs to, to LED bulbs. Made this place brighter. And those of you who were here then remember, all of a sudden we walked in and went, oh my didn't know there was you see light visible light right he goes on to say he says as i discussed in a previous section on his website how much can we actually see light comes in all kinds of forms and is representative represented scientifically by a term we've called the electromagnetic spectrum there are gamma rays X-rays, ultraviolet, infrared, microwaves, radio waves, and then visible light. The very small sliver of light that we can see with our human eyes falls under the category of visible light. Hence, we are only seeing a tiny glimpse of what God has actually created. See, I, I, I want a big picture. I was driving home from a football game one time. And it was a two-lane road between 
Clinton, South Carolina, and Greenwood, South Carolina. And it's kind of curvy as it goes through the Lake District of Lake Greenwood and that sort of thing. <clears throat> and, and, and I remember this. And, and, and my friend Robert was being loud. And I was driving his car. And I was telling him, you better hush. I'm going to wreck your car. But anyway. And I told him, I said, dude, I said, this road is just so narrow. I said, I can just only get just all I can see are the lines. And Robert goes, turn your bright lights on. And then he said a word that begins with S and rhymes with Upid. Right? And I was like, oh, yeah. So what was he saying? He was saying, he was saying, bring more light to the situation. See the light, folks. There is a dark world out there. And God has given for us to bring more light to the situation. See what he says to Paul there? He says, I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. God has given for his body. God has given for individuals in the body of Christ to bring light. Jesus said it. He said, uh, you're a light set on a hill, Right? You're, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he turned around and said, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't, you don't light a lamp and then put a, a, a basket over it, a bushel. And then we sang it, right? Ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it. I remember that song, man. When I was a kid and loud like I am now, man, I was louder than everybody else in the, in the kids' choir. Hide it under a bushel. No! Right? God has given and provided for us to bring light to a dark world. So, folks, let me just tell you. Oh, this is one of the things that just do not join in the darkness. There are people spouting darkness all over the world around us. And God says, don't join the darkness. Don't become a part of that. Because I have given for you. I am sending you. I am sending you to open their eyes. Now, is it, is it incorrect to, to adopt what Jesus said to Paul? And, and, and kind of uh, adopt that into our lives that Jesus might be saying to Bobby or to Edna or to Scott? Or to any of us here, I am sending you to open their eyes. No, it's not incorrect because God has given for us to be witnesses in all the world. And folks, if you leave this room on a Sunday morning, and I'm going to go ahead and mention it just so you know, and you jump out there into the evil and darkness of the internet, or social media, or the news platforms, or any team or group in our culture, and our society that pits you against other believers, that is darkness. Sorry. I get a little excited about that. Anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. you got to let the light 
that God said, let there be shine out of you. Okay? You've got to be uh, an ambassador of light. And if you join in with the darkness. Now, it's interesting because. Um, all right, so definitions. I, I, I thought I printed them, but I didn't. Definitions, light. This, this ultra ma- electromagnetic spectrum that we can see a sliver of, right? What is darkness? Darkness is simply put, the absence of light. If you ever go look up a, a, a definition of darkness, it, no light. Absence of light. And much of the world that we live in is, is operating out of darkness. No light. So where's the light supposed to come from? The light comes from God by his own creation and that he has provided for in us. Third point, set apart, set apart, set apart. You, if you're a Christian, if you've received this incredible gift of salvation, God has set you apart just like he set Paul apart. He said, I am sending you. I am sending you to them to open their eyes. What's it take to open a person's eyes that's in darkness? Got to be the captain of the debate team? Is that what you got to do? You got you to be able to, man, I, I told you all weeks ago, boy, I've been certified in every witnessing outline I think there is. Some of them in later life, I quit being certified because I realized, you know what? The tools that God's given us are all right here. We just got to get a better glimpse of God, and then we'll be able to go out and tell people about Jesus. Okay? But it's not about debate. It's not about... eh, I'll use us to begin with. It's not about, oh, well, we're Baptist. Or go ahead and insert whatever you want to there. It's not about churchianity at all. It's about Jesus. It's about seeing Jesus. There's all kind of darknesses out there. Uh, And and to be honest with you, in the world, most people's identity is derived from darkness. Well, this is who I am. No, that's a product of your choices. That's a product. Guess what? I could tell y'all my identity, my number one prioritized identity, the thing that is most important to me, I am a pepperoni pizza eater. (laughs) Man, and thin crust from, from Pizza Hut. Oh, my goodness. I can eat a whole one. So, (laughs) amen. There you go. So, so if I, I, my preference is, Thin crust, pepperoni pizza, right? So, so man, I'm going to eat it morning, noon, and night. It's going to be, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to be an evangelist for thin crust, pepperoni pizza. And I'm going to try to convince everybody in the world that thin crust, pepperoni pizza from the Pizza Hut, I'll even get specific, is the best pizza in the world. And I'm going to go out and I'm going I'm to set up a booth down, down at the mall and convince people that thin crust, pepperoni pizza from the Pizza Hut is the best pizza in all the world and you can live on it. Right? That's my identity. Why? 
simply because I happen to like thin crust pepperoni pizza, right? I mean, if, that's, if I want to buy into that, then I can buy into that. Pick anything you want to. Maybe your identity is career. Maybe your identity has to do with where you grew up. Uh, maybe your identity has to do with uh, your favorite college football team, Go Tigers. I ran into a guy this week. I, I wore a bright orange shirt because I knew he was a Tiger fan because I have bright orange shirts. Um, I don't, you know, if you derive your identity from anything of the world, see, and in this culture and time, a lot of people's identity has to do with the team they chose. I don't mean college team. It might be a political team. It might be some societal grouping of some sort. That's the world. That's not God. It's not the Bible. It's not the light. The light stands in opposition to all of that. It brings illumination where there's darkness. Okay? So Jesus says, I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light. And listen to this, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a share among those who are sanctified by faith, and Jesus says, in me. See, folks, that's the message of identity. So, here's the wrap-up. You ready? Who are you? Who are you? You know, this is the first question of the journey conversations. One of these days I'm going to preach through the journey conversations and let you know what what we've sort of kind of put together as conversations on following Jesus. Some of you I've walked with through it. Some of you I'm walking with through it right now. But it starts with who are you? Because if your answer to who are you is anything but a child of God, then you started at the wrong place. You started in darkness. I love asking, particularly men, I love asking men this because it, it tends to go to either either career or education or family grouping or something like that. And I go, y'all, look around the room. Some of you don't know me. If this is your first time here, man, we love it that you're here. You know, I'm going to just stop and say that. Those of you who have been here more than once, you know me, so you know that if I ask you a question and you give a wrong answer, I'm just as likely to go, eh. Wrong answer. Right? I used to do that to the youth all the time. That's why our youth group down in Georgia, they got really scared to answer questions. Because <laughs> it would be a big group of us, right? And I'd go, here's a question. Somebody would throw out an answer. I'd go, <clears throat> nobody would answer anymore. Now, my point is this. You ready? Who are you? Because Jesus redeemed you for the purpose of sending you into the darkness to bring light not to join the darkness 
to bring light. Jesus, I mean, in, in John, uh, Genesis 3, let there be light, and God divided it. The light and the darkness. When he saw the light, he said, it's good. Folks, next week's message on Memorial Day. Ready for this? It's about don't, go, don't grow weary of doing good. Okay, I'm just giving you a heads up. That's what next week's message is about. Don't grow weary of doing good. Because that's the purpose, the guideline of who we are in Christ. Jesus said when they said, good teacher, he said, why you call me good? There's none good but the Father. There's a guy here in town calls me good reverend all the time. And I go, you got it wrong both ways. I said, there's none good but the Father. And you'll notice that there are times when I'm not very reverent. See, because I want, I, I want to be known for crazy. Just like Paul. Paul said, if you call me crazy, I'm crazy for Jesus. Okay, fine. All right? Who are you? If you don't know Jesus, I'll tell you what you are. You're lost. Okay? If you don't know Jesus this morning, you need Jesus. We're going to sing one more song here in a minute. Give you the opportunity to respond to the good news of God's kingdom. To the good news of Jesus' shed blood, redemption, salvation on the cross. You can know Jesus this morning. Maybe you are a Christian, but it's kind of that corporate Christianity. You know, I'm a part of something. Well, guess what? Yeah, you're a part of something, but it's not churchianity. Your identity is in who you are in Christ and what part God's given for you in the body of Christ. We are called to be the body of Christ in a world that is dark and dying. Okay? Maybe you want to be a part of gathering. Maybe you say, I want to join. You don't even know what that means. I want to join. Well, come on down. I'll tell you how to do that. But this is your opportunity to respond to God. You're not responding to me. I can't save you. You're not responding to the gathering. The gathering can't save you. You got to respond to God. You got to respond to Jesus on the road to Damascus when he says, I am sending you to a dark world. Pray with me. God, thank you for today. Thank you, God, for loving us. Oh, wow. To be loved by God. That's an incredible statement. To be loved by God. God, I just praise you in this moment that we can gather, that we can worship, that we can look into your word and see, God, what it is that you've provided for us to see, that we can see the illumination of your word and your purpose and, and the plan that you have for each one of us. God, we can't go out and, and, and join darkness and call ourselves children of God. We can't go out and be a part of the, the corruption and, and animosity and hostility in the world and call ourselves children of God. We can't. So God, help us to see you and help us to come close to you so that we can go out into a world and be a source of reflected light that we can shine because you shine in us and on us. God, I thank you. I thank you for today. I thank you, God, we get to celebrate all day long. And so, God, as we sing, help us to praise you, not just words, but heart. God, let us praise you, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.